What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast, episode 33. Um, I ain't gonna lie to you all. I'm recording this on a Monday. I remember I said in the, um, my um, emergency podcast on Saturday that I put out on Saturday, I was going to record it on Sunday, but I just had a lot to do. Um, with the parenting show, I just oh, kind of overestimated how how long it was going to take. Um, it took a while because I'm telling you, this is probably going to be the biggest show that I've had probably like ever. Like this is a huge show to try to get you guys all the info and and all the all the things that you would want to know before this big week. This is the week before um, the tournament. Selection Sundays on Sunday, so I'm gonna try to get you pretty much all covered in all areas on the everything NCAA basketball. I know I normally just uh, focus on you know the local college basketball teams in the area, but now I'm gonna kind of focus you know kind of like pretty much all over the country. So I'm gonna kind of just give you a roundup of all my bubble teams. Um, teams that are, I think are locks to get into the tournament, kind of my my version of bracketology. So you know my predictions of who's going to get in on Selection Sunday. Um, yeah, and I will definitely kind of briefly get into certain bubble teams that I think are reason why they should get in. Like I have a few that I wrote down that I'm like that I think they should they should get in, and I'm going to dis- explain why. Um, plus, um, probably in the latter half of the show, I'll get into, um, to, into the high school playoffs. Um, I know the main, uh, I, I was briefly, uh, briefly, I got into it on Saturday, like pretty much, you know, the results and stuff for the, you know, the main championship results, uh, just passed last week. I'm going to give you a, a full overview of that. Um, plus, you know. Uh, Massachusetts wrapped up. Well, it's gonna be wrapping up tomorrow. They're, they have a uh, pair of championship games. You know that all the sectionals are done, so they have pretty much the north and south going against the central and west. So I'm gonna give you those matchups. Uh, Vermont just wrapped up on Sunday. Rhode Island just wrapped up on Sunday. So I'm gonna give you both of those championship results. Give you an overview of their uh, those the two teams that uh, landed in those championship games and what was their road to get there, and probably wrap it up with you know my thoughts on the Celtics and the way they're been sliding up late. Uh, like I said, their last they lost four of their last five games, and I'm just gonna give you my thoughts on that. And I mean it's. I'm just very frustrated with the Celtics right now. I just think um, this is the worst time for them to have a slide like this because, you know, the number two seed is up for grabs and they're losing ground on the Raptors. So this is the worst thing for that. And just I'm just key thing is, when are they going to stay healthy? When is this team going to stay healthy? Jalen Brown's still out. I know that. I still think there's no excuse. You still should have wrapped that game up against Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that was a costly turnover by Kimball Walker. And they, out of of all people to make that mistake, you would have never thought it would be him. 
of just a boneheaded play for him to dribble in his own backcourt in the corner on the baseline. It's just a boneheaded play on his part. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think Celtics having a worse time to have a slide like this, but we'll get into that probably in the probably, you know, to conclude the show, we'll probably get into that, but we're just going to leave the show off with college basketball since that's pretty much popping right now. Um, I'm going to start with pretty much my locks. I'm going to go through each conference. So this could take, you know, this segment could take a while because it's obviously a ton of teams in college basketball. So, I mean, you can, I mean, that's what the, the beauty of a podcast. You can pick and choose what you want to hear. Like maybe it's a conference you don't care about. Maybe you could skip ahead to, you know, the bigger conferences. But I'll just go through each conference in alphabetical order. And basically give you my locks for each conference plus, you know, the bubble teams. And then obviously once I'm done with that, I'll explain a few bubble teams that I mentioned that might have, you know, the reason why they should be, you know, locks for the tournament. Because there there is, it's a pretty uh, wide open field this year. Um, there's not a lot of dominant teams. I mean, there is a few. I mean, you... If, I mean, I wrote a few down, which I'll definitely get into that later on the show. Who are the pretty much dominant teams? Obviously, you got your Gonzaga. You got your Kansas. Um, Dayton's had a strong year. Baylor, Florida State. I mean, I wrote down about six that I thought were stood out to me as, you know, dominant teams. Or if you want to call it that. I mean, most people are saying it's, well, uh, it's a well-rounded field. And... Anything can happen. There could be a lot of upsets in the first weekend. So that's good news for a lot of people that like they enjoy the tournament. They want to see upsets. So I think there's a potential to see a lot of craziness on the first weekend. Um, there's a lot of um, teams that, that are sleepers. I would definitely mention those sleeper teams as well. You know, in my opinion, of course, like teams that I think, you know, they're the giant killers that could step in and, Win a, a few games in the tournament that you might not expect. So we'll get into that. But first, let's start off with the my bubble teams. You know, we'll go through each uh, each conference, and we'll start with the American East. And you guys probably know who. I mean, if anyone's a you know college basketball fan, um, you know where I'm going to start. Vermont. I pretty much covered them throughout the year. Um, they're having a great season. I think they're 23 and 7, 24 and 7. So they, they've been impressive this year. 20 win team. Um, they have one of the better players in the country, Anthony Lamb. Steph Smith is one of their um, key guys they can go to, you know, when Lamb is doubled. Uh, Lamb, Lamb always throughout, you know, most of his games, he's uh, he's been doubled and. He gives he gets a lot of attention from the defense, so Seth Smith has to step in and make uh, big uh, spot up open threes, and he's been able to do that. Um, another guy I like is Ryan Davis that comes off the bench. He's like a spark plug for them. Gets rebounds, scores inside, shoots the three. Um, he does a lot of different things for them, and they have a lot of other role players that really help out. They're really a full um, full team of. You know, this team, they got a lot of experience. Um, they played in the tournament last year. They did, they lost in the first round. But, like I said, that experience could, 
usually, you know, when you see true giant killers, usually they probably played in the tournament the year before, and they learned from that experience. Vermont is definitely an example of that. Um, I just think that, you know, say they have a lot of guys from last year as well that played on last year's team. So I just think with that experience, they definitely could be dangerous in the tournament. Um, obviously, playing in the American East, you're not playing with a, against great competition. So that could be an issue for them, depending on their matchup. I just think they're not an overly big team. You know, obviously, Anthony Lamb is only 6'6". So if, you know, maybe the team that he plays in the his first, which I think, listen, I, I know it's not a done deal yet. We still have to see what's what happens with these uh, conference tournaments. Who knows, Vermont could lose. Um, I have another team that could possibly could beat them, Stony Brook. Who knows if they could beat them in the championship game, but I think Vermont should wrap it up. They're just the projected uh, pick, in my my opinion. So I would say, I mean, it probably comes between those two teams. And obviously, you only get one bid coming out of the American East. American East is not a, not a, a strong conference overall. So if I'm Vermont, I, I'd make sure I take care of business. Even though you're regular season champs, you still got to take care of business and win your conference tournament. So I don't think, you know, the, the committee is going to give them um, the benefit of the doubt that they lose before then. I mean, I just think when you're playing in a weaker conference, maybe when you're playing maybe the American conference, you might get the benefit of the doubt, which I think it's surprising. I have a disagreement on a lot of the pundits why the American conference is getting such a a, a bad, um, why they're not getting the love that they should get. I mean, I, I mean that's going to be the next conference. Uh, but to wrap up, I just think Vermont is, I mean, top to bottom, the most talented team in the American East. They have the, probably the team that has a chance to do make some noise in, in the in the in the in the tournament. So, I, my pick to easily be, be a lock is Vermont. You know, you know, depending on if they take care of business, and you know, Stony Brook could be a team that could could upset them. In their tournament because they have a few guys that you know that are pretty talented that can you know score the rock for them but uh yeah so for the next conf next conference i have the aac the american conference um unfortunately i've covered uconn for this conference because that's one of the local teams in the area um i have them uh out so it's been controversial. Uh, there's not, like I said, they only really are only allowing. Well, pundits are saying that they're only allowing two bids, or that's what you know the committee is going to probably uh, give them this year. Which I think I really have a disagreement on. I think the AAC is they got like four or five teams. I think possibly six or five. Yeah, yeah it's about five, six teams that have 20 wins this year. So that's pretty good. I know, you know, depending on who they played in the uh, non-conference means everything. And maybe that's why they're getting such a bad rap right now is that they haven't really done well in non-conference play. But obviously Houston's on the top of the food chain. They're ranked, right now they're ranked 22nd in the country. Obviously they're a lock. I think Cincy's been pretty good. We all know Cincy's, you know, 
history. They're a hard-nosed, gritty team. They've been that way since Kenyon Martin was there way back when. I know you guys remember that. Kenyon Martin was really one of their better players back in the day. Probably one of the best players that played for Cincinnati. Um, just had always a gritty, hard-nosed, defensive-minded team. Mick Cronin kind of, you know, Bob Huggins. First it started with Bob Huggins, and then it started with Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin is now with UCLA right now, so he kind of, you know, extended that run that Bob Huggins started way back when in, in the early 2000s. But, and then some people are saying that Wichita State's out. I have them in, so that would be three. And then I would probably, I'd probably end it right there at three. I, th- I think they get no more than three bids. I don't understand why, you know, um, Guys like Joe, uh, Joe Lenardi and a lot of those other college basketball pundits are kind of like down on the conference, but I just think it's because of the non-conference performance against other, you know, other bigger conferences, which I consider them. Some would consider them a mid-major conference, but I think they're like a, they're like, uh, they're not American East. They're not like a Northeast conference. They're they're they are higher echelon conference than that. They're a lot, I mean, some of these teams were in the Big East before they, you know, went into that conference and they de- developed that new conference a couple years back. So they deserve a little bit more love than what they're getting. I mean, they do recruit pretty talented players into these schools. I mean, Cincinnati's had a great program for a long time. UConn's had a great program for a long time. Wichita State went into that conference be- because they probably wanted to get a little bit more uh, notoriety and probably to help out more re- recruiting. So they joined that bigger conference. They, they were in the Murray, Missouri Valley Conference. So you would think AAC would get a little bit more love than this. So I, that's why I say at Wichita State, I have three. Um, Tulsa is, is definitely a toss-up. Memphis is definitely a toss-up. I would say, you know, those are the two bubble teams I would have to say in that conference. Memphis is probably the most talented teams. If they if they had Wiseman, they'd probably be a, a top ten team right now. But but Wiseman uh, got suspended for the entire season, so he's he's ineligible to play. So the answer they had Wiseman along with uh, they have a few other guys that are NBA caliber players playing in that front court. So I mean, hands down, Memphis would have been the more talented team coming into the season. Penny Hardaway is the coach. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would, as a fan, you'd, I mean, you know, fan of the NBA, you'd want to see Memphis because you want to see how some of these players play in the tournament, like particularly NBA caliber players. Like Memphis has a few of them on their squad, so you'd want to see how they do against other tournament caliber teams. But it just looks like um, they don't have the resume to really get an over teams like Wichita State, Cincinnati, Houston that really are top dogs in that conference. So I would just go with three bids and I'd go with Houston, Cincinnati, and Wichita State if I had to pick what teams would be in that conference. Uh, Next conference, Atlantic 10, same thing. They're kind of not getting a lot of love. I mean, I just think um, how well the Big Ten has played this year could have a huge part on whether those teams get in or not. You know, the, you know, the bubble teams in these, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say mid-major, but higher mid-major conferences. 
That'd probably be a better way to say it. Um, Landon Ten definitely fits in that category. Obviously, Dayton is the best team by far in the one, one of the better teams in the country. They're ranked in the top five. They're ranked number three in the country according to uh, ESPN Top Twenty Five. Um, Richmond, um, unranked, but some see them being out, and I just disagree. They won twenty four games this year. Um, like I said, they're one of the better teams this year. They have one of the better defensive players on their squad as well. Um, I think he leads the NCAA in steals. I think his name is Gilliard. So they have him. And then obviously we all know with Dayton. I'm not even going to talk about Dayton. Dayton's just too good. I'll, I'll definitely mention him later on in the show. But try to just try to get through this as quick as I can. But then, you know, locally, you got URI, Rhode Island, the Rhodey Rams. They're listed as out, but I feel like they're 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 on the bubble. I just think, depending on what they do uh, this weekend, maybe they make it to the semifinals, maybe they make it to the championship round in the eighteen uh, 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 conference tournament. They might play themselves in, but right now they're probably leaning towards out. And then St. Louis, same thing. They gotta they gotta do some work in in, the, in their conference tournament. Possibly get into the uh, semifinal championship round to see if they can get a nod from the committee. But I would just say probably the two locks are Dayton and Richmond. And really, I don't even think Richmond's a lock. I think Richmond has to do something. But I just think AAC and Atlanta Tennant just getting such a bad rap, depending on how how you know how they performed in a non conference schedule. But I just think they still played well in their tournament. I mean, they still. Excuse me, not their tournaments. They played well in their conference. You know, to rack up 24 wins is pretty impressive. And we all know Dayton is in their conference, which Dayton has been one of the better teams in the country. You got to give, show a little love to, it might be more competitive in the conference than you might think. And I just, I don't know, but Dayton's been pretty much wiping those teams. I mean, it hasn't been close to a lot of those teams. Um, some of those teams have gotten blown out. I, me- I remember recently URI played Dayton a game and Dayton just blew them out. And then the other game before that was closer. So you never know. But I just, I would say possibly maybe three bids. Same thing with AAC. I think they should get at least three bids. And I just think it's probably a toss-up between URI and St. Louis. And I think Richmond and Dayton should get should be locked in. They should get in. Um, ACC's had a down year. Obviously, those are the big. Probably, you would say that's the top, uh, the Power Six conference. Um, and they had a down year this year. They only, to me, I think they're only. Realistically, I think they should only get four bids. Like they just were down this year. Um, some people are leaning towards NC State getting a fifth bid, but I just think. I don't know. I just think they've just been too inconsistent this year. They've had a, you know, obviously the biggest win is beating Duke, but the last time they played Duke, it was a blowout. Well, you know, to be fair, they're playing in Cameron, Cameron Indoor Col- uh, Cameron Indoor um, Coliseum, and we all know how tough it is to play there. So, I mean, I thought they had a, a pretty decent season, 21 wins, 10 losses. I mean, that's a decent year, but, I mean... They've had a lot of bad losses too. So I would lean towards out for NC State. 
but I would consider them a bubble team. Um, but obviously the locks. We all know Florida State, top five team, one of the better, better defensive teams in the country. UVA, UVA obviously from last year's team, not as good as last year's team. They're n- nothing like last year's team. Their offenses definitely took a hit. Um, defensively, they're still pretty good. Uh, uh, Clark has definitely um, stepped up, the uh, the young point guard for them. Uh, I can't forget his first name. Is it Keyshawn Clark or Keyshawn Clark? But he's really good. He's definitely stepped up in the past couple weeks. He's definitely stepped his game up. Um, they also had that big guy, uh, Kintente, that blocks a ton of shots. I think he's Nigerian descent. He played very well in the tournament last year. So you have a lock in Virginia. Louisville has had a good year. And obviously we all know with Duke, Trey Jones won AC Player of the Year. Um, also Defensive Player of the Year. Vernon Carney has been a great freshman for them. They have a, a, a very deep team as well. They have a very good bench. So... Those are my four locks, Duke, Louisville, Virginia, and Florida State. They're definitely teams that definitely are going to make some noise depending on their matchups. Um, the next comp- conference is Atlantic Sun. Uh, Liberty has been outstanding this year. They won 30 games. They're one of my uh, Giants. Um, they have a guy I, I was trying to take note of. His name is Hemsley. A very talented scorer. Played last year. Liberty also uh, was able to win a tournament game last year. So they, they have some experience. I mean, it, the experience definitely means something, especially if you already won last year. You have pretty much the same players coming back. You know, Hemsley is their top player. So him coming back definitely helps them out big time. Um, but obviously they only get one bid. They're very small. A uh, very small conference, and they're really not uh, a not a very uh, talented conference, you know. Overall, uh, next conference obviously is a Big Six, Big Twelve. Um, obviously, a locks are Kansas, Baylor. Um, some people say Oklahoma should get in. I think they're a lock. West Virginia should get in, and it's obviously controversy between Texas and Texas Tech. Those are my two bubble teams. I'm leaning toward Texas getting in and Texas Tech being out. I just think Texas Tech had a, a too many bad losses in conference. And it just, I don't know, they're, just not, they're nothing like last year's team. They had a few, uh, few guys come back, a few guys step up, but they're just not as talented as last year's team. I just think Texas had a slightly better conference record, and I think that counts. Um, they did have some bad losses, but... I mean, I think that counts. They played competitive in their conference, which I think Big 12 was, you know, pretty top-heavy conference this year. Not a lot of uh, great teams, but I think you have two of the best teams in your conference to test you. And I thought, you know, Texas kind of played, you know, I mean, you can say that about Texas Tech. Texas Tech played well uh, in the last game of the regular season against Kansas, but I don't know. I just think, I lean towards Kansas a little bit more than Texas. That's just my opinion, of course. You know, anyone can disagree with me or whatever. Want to disagree with me? You're welcome to 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 put your opinion out there, but that's just my opinion.
Um, next conference, Big East. They've had a strong year this year. They usually, in, in most years, would be like AAC or the Atlantic 10. But they had a strong year this year. A lot of parity. Um, Creighton was a top 10 team, uh, which they've gotten better over the year, throughout the year. They've developed uh, a great team. And they're a top 10 team this year. Villanova has been flirting in the top 10 all year long. They've been in the top 25 pretty much all year long. Seton Hall is one of the better players in the country. And Miles Powell, Butler, outstanding talent as well. Um, Providence, some people say it's controversial. Some people say they're a bubble team. I have them as a lock. And that's it. There's no After that, there's pretty much no one that really could, you know, really could be a bubble team after Providence. Like I said, I think Providence was a bubble team until like two weeks ago they were a bubble team. And to me, they worked themselves to be to me being a lock. They've been really talented. So if I had to say maybe, you know, Vermont and Providence stand out as probably the top, you know, college basketball teams locally, I would say. Those teams are pretty talented. I got a few ones that I'll mention later on. I mean, and then obviously URI. I mean, I mentioned URI as well, but I, th- who knows if URI might get in or not. But I think Providence will get in. I think they played, you know, pretty well against a pretty good conference, and they performed well in the conference. Twelve wins, six losses. They did pretty well. They, they deserve to get in. Um, next conference is the Big Sky. It's not a big conference. I would say. Who knows? It's pretty much a toss-up. Eastern Washington has won the regular season outright. But you got teams like Montana that might get in. Montana was in the tournament last year. Uh, North Colorado had a strong year. So anywhere between those three teams, I would probably say could possibly get in. I mean, it's pretty wide open, I would say. But I'm leaning towards Eastern Washington to wrap it up. They're one of the better offensive teams. They play with a lot of pace. So keep an eye on them in the tournament. They could possibly surprise someone in the first round. Big South is another potential giant killer in Winthrop. Um, Winthrop, one of the top offensive teams in the country. They're pretty talented. Um, I'm not going to really get, like I said, there's only a few bubble teams I'll discuss a little bit more further, but I, like I said, the mid-majors and giant killers, I'll get into that next week once we see the full bracket after Selection Sunday. Before I will have a podcast probably before um, the first four starts, so probably anywhere. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be probably maybe Sunday or maybe possibly worst-case scenario Wednesday. So... Maybe you'll ha- you'll see probably two of the first four games, and then I'll see a po- you'll see a podcast on Wednesday, and that's the worst case scenario. But it'll definitely be before the tournament starts that Thursday, so just look out for that. But right now I'm just kind of just listing out you know what are my tournament teams and and you know kind of like discuss the bubble teams and discuss the. Probably the teams that could win it all and possibly the sleepers for today. I won't get into so much into detail, but just a few teams I will that I was able to really take note of. Um, And then obviously the best team, best conference in the country, the Big Ten. They 
they could see anywhere from eight teams to possibly maybe even nine teams. They're extremely deep, and they're pretty controversial what that nine team could possibly be. Anywhere from Penn State to Rutgers, Michigan, Indiana, they all could be a nine team. You know, eight or or that eight team. Who who knows? But um, I would say the locks though. Uh, they're all ranked. They're all ranked in the top 25. You got Michigan State, you know, with their experience, Cassius Winston, Tillman, the big guy. I mean, both of those guys are going to be the pretty much, you know, wherever they go, Michigan State's going to go. And obviously Tom Izzo, the best coach in the country. Maryland had a strong year. They've pretty much been top 10 team all year long. Uh, Cowan Jr. has been great, one of the better point guards in the country. Um, they they're pretty good. Mark Turgeon, pretty pretty deep team as well. Uh, I think they have another guy that's uh, on the Naismith list, one of the one of their uh, stretch fours or stretch uh, stretch threes. I like to, sometimes I like to call them stretch threes in college basketball because they play smaller than they do in the in the NBA. Some threes play four. You know, you think teams play small in the NBA. I mean, th- I mean, they're probably maybe the NBA is copying what college basketball has been doing for a while now, which college basketball has always played small just because, you know, there's not a lot of seven footers to go around in college basketball, but that are, you know, actually good, that are actually talented. But yeah, I mean, Maryland's been pretty good. Um, another lock is Wisconsin. They're also ranked Illinois. Um, just got in the top 25 rankings this week. Iowa has one of the best big men's in the country in Luca Garza. The guy is averaging 23 and 9. More on him later. And then Ohio State. Ohio State, obviously, they're great in football, but they're also pretty good in basketball this year. So that rounds up probably my top six that I would say are locks. And then it's controversial for those seventh, eighth, and ninth seeds, possibly. And that, like, if they get nine, that'd probably be a record. I don't think I've ever seen a conference get nine, but they could. They could get nine bids. Who knows? This, I mean, you're seeing a lot. If you hear anything in the background, I'm watching a college basketball games as we speak. I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of them this week to kind of, you know, add to this podcast next week. But um, yeah, I would say um, Penn State. I would say they get that seventh seed. And then it's probably a toss-up between Rutgers, Michigan, and Indiana. Some people say Indiana. Some people say Rutgers. Michigan, to me, that's I like Michigan. I've always liked Michigan. Michigan is a team that performs well in the tournament. So, you know, even though they might play crappy in the, in the, in the regular season, they find a way. They're like Michigan State. They kind of find a way to perform well in the tournament. So I would probably maybe lean towards Michigan before Indiana. Like I don't know, I don't know what the fascination is with Indiana. I haven't watched a ton of basketball, college basketball this year, but I just I mean I I don't see the fascination with Indiana. I know Rutgers has a great home record, but they're at a terrible road record, which is I don't know. To me, I I think that's a bad look. But I would say, obviously, Penn State's a lock for that seventh spot. And it's just a toss-up between the eighth spot, Rutgers, Michigan, and Indiana. But I'm, I'm leaning towards Michigan. I like Michigan. I like Michigan over Rutgers. I like Michigan over Indiana. They just they perform, before, they perform much better in March. 
you know, they might be a crappy regular season team, but then they just find a way to get it done. I would, I would love for Michigan to actually have, you know, what they would have had, you know, in the past with their Cleveland head, you know, Cleveland Cavs head coach right now that obviously resigned because he couldn't handle the rigors of the NBA. And I'm not saying he was a handle. I just say he's in a bad spot coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers. I thought he hadn't made it, you know, in Michigan. But, you know, sometimes you want to challenge yourself, so I get it. Someone may, may not know what I'm talking about, but uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But I'll mention it later on if I can remember it, but we'll move on. But he, like I said, he just resigned from Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm pretty sure you basketball heads might know what I'm talking about, but I, right now I'm blanking on it right now. Um, so, yeah, move on to the next uh, conference, Big West. Obviously, only one bid for this. UC Irvine is in the driver's seat. They should get in. Um, and they take care of business in their conference. But look out for maybe UC Santa Barbara to kind of the gauchos to maybe make some noise. Possibly. Um, hold on, I'm just trying to put my uh, charger on. But yeah. Look out for the um, UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. They've been pretty good this year. They have 21 season, so they might maybe mix it up and possibly steal that bid. Um, next conference is Colonial Conference. I have Hofstra getting in, but right now they're in the semifinal round in their uh, their conference tournament. Um, you got. North, you got Northeastern on the other side, and then you have uh, Elon. Yeah, so Northeastern was able to get an upset in the quarterfinals, and then Elon was able to get upset as well. Hofstra's the top seed. I think Hofstra's in the driver's seat, but obviously for a local spin, uh, would love to see Northeastern get in. Um, they've had a pretty mediocre season. But they have one of the top scorers in the country in Jeremy Rowland. So keep an eye on him. He's been awesome all year long. He's been scoring at will for them. One of, Like I said, he's top 10 in the NCAA in scoring. He's averaging about 22 a game. Um, next conference, App Conference USA. Um, like I said, this one's another toss-up. North Texas, obviously, in the driver's seat. They won the conference outright. Louisiana Tech has been good all year. Western Kentucky is a team that tends to tends to rise to the occasion around this time of year. Who knows if they can steal a bid? Um, Horizon League um, used to be a really t uh, great conference. Now it's kind of split up into a lot of newer schools that kind of risen up there. Um, like I said, Butler used to be in that conference. Now it's like, like this, I don't know. I couldn't even recognize it looking at it today. I was like, man, like this is totally different when I was looking at it. Um, I don't know. They had a lot of conference realignment over the, over the years. And it looks totally different because Butler used to be like the top team in that conference. Now we all know Butler's in the big East, but yeah, so probably the top team is Wright state. I think they're in the driver's seat. I'm watching that game right now, by the way. 
Um, things on ESPN, you right state is down right now to Illinois, Chicago at halftime. So, and Wright State's one of the better offensive teams in the country. They're they have a pretty good front court. Um, Isaiah the figure out what he is going through. Sorry if you hear that notifications. I'm just trying to look up. Okay, so yeah, I would say for Wright State, you got three players you got to look out for. Uh, London, Love, uh, Wampley, and Cole Gentry. So they got a, a nice big three, and they're averaging over, over 80 points a game. So, I mean, they, they should win. I think I have them listed as a giant killer. They should win, but... And they're on the driver's seat, but right now they're down to Illinois, Chicago. So we'll see. I just want to double check if that's because last time I checked, they were down. And I'm checking the score now. UConn is up by 20 to Cincinnati. Wow. So who know? I mean, that was one of my teams I had as as in. If they lose to UConn, that's pretty bad loss. But yeah, I would say White State should get in. I'd be surprised if they don't. If not, it maybe it probably might be Illinois, Chicago that steals the seed. But uh, yeah, so we will move on to Ivy League. Um, obviously Yale is they won it outright this year. Uh, they took care of business on Saturday. Uh, nice win, eighty-three to sixty-nine at Harvard. And I just think Yale has the most experience coming from last year's team. A lot of those players played la- on, on the last year's team. They only uh, lost one to the NBA, or I believe he got drafted. I, don't, I haven't seen him play all year. Uh, Mai Oni, one of their top premier players last year, he got drafted. So, but other than that, they, like I said, they have experienced coach, and they just have an experienced group. You know, Atkinson, Jordan Bruner, Isaiah Swain. So they have a nice big three and that they rely on. Harvard has been absolutely hammered with injuries. Um, they lost one of their best players, Bryce Eichen, you know, maybe about a month or two ago. I, I mean, he came back and then he literally got hurt again. So that was just really, really bad luck for them. So they've just been really hampered by injuries. Towns was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to come back for them, never came back. Supposed to transfer probably next year. That's the rumor. So, uh, Tommy Hamaker, I just think his that just shows you to, how great of a coach Tommy Hamaker is. They're still a 20-win team, even though all that has happened. And they still are literally knocking on the door to potentially stealing a bid from Yale. But at Yale, they, obviously they lost. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, I mean, they they won. I wonder why they said, I said that they lost. They Just want to make sure I have the correct info because I thought that Harvard lost. Let me just look that up real quick. I know this is terrible, but I'm, let me just look that up real quick. 
Bear with me, guys. I just think this is huge because they have a huge, they have um, a four-team tournament. Yeah, so Harvard won on Saturday. So my my apologies. Harvard won, eighty-three to sixty-nine. So Yale is in a tough spot right now. Even though they won the Ivy League outright, the regular season outright, they still have to take care of business on uh, this weekend on the Ivy League Madness, the four-team tournament. Obviously, they get the top seed, so they probably play, you know, a weaker team to start out. And then they probably have to play Harvard again in that championship game. So they haven't played well against Harvard all year long. So I just think Harvard, we all think they're the more talented team, but Harvard's really played well against them. So that's a, this is the discussion I've had, and I was just like, all right, if Harvard wins... How would the committee take that? Would the committee just give them one bid or two bids? Because I think Yale's been impressive in their non-conference schedule. They played some really tough teams, and they competed against some tough teams. They had a few games in the ACC, and they they played North Carolina tough, even though they lost. Um, and they easily could have won that game. I watched the end of it, and they were right there in the thick of things, and they lost the game. But they did end up beating Clemson. But Clemson, of course, as you can see, is not a team that's a tournament team this year. So you can't really count that as a as a quality win. So, as I mean, locally, obviously, I would love for them to get in and, you know, to have another local team in. But, I mean, I'm leaning towards just having just one bid for it, I believe. And I just, it's going to come down to that potential uh, championship game. Uh, this, I believe, will be Sunday because I think the uh, the two games are on Saturday, so they probably play on Sunday. I don't think they play two games in one. They play obviously they play the semifinals on Saturday, and then they play the final game on Sunday. So that's probably what it's gonna be. So, and it probably is gonna end up being Harvard and Yale again. So for the third matchup, so that will be. Fun to watch, and it's going to be at Harvard at that, so that uh, definitely has an advantage for Harvard. So, if I had to say who would win that game, I would say Yale would probably find a way to win that game. I think Yale would end up winning it. I just think though, they're just too talented to 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 lose to Harvard three games in a row after they were in the tournament last year. They almost beat LSU last year. Just think about that. They almost beat LSU last year, and we all know LSU's a tournament team this year. So, and LSU, think about it. LSU's team had Tremont Waters. They had, uh, LSU had two NBA uh, uh, draft picks on their team last year. That was a very talented LSU team that they were fighting against last year in the tournament. They almost beat, so... I would. I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Yale. I think Yale's going to get that uh, automatic bid, and they would have to take care of business. I don't think they can leave it to the committee to say they can get that uh, at-large bid. I think they have to take care of business. Um, next, like I said, we'll try to run through these as quick as I can. We're right now approaching an hour already. Just literally just naming bubble teams, but that just shows you how much material I had to cover like it's a lot of content to, to cover but uh ram I'm rambling but moving on 
Uh, the Miak. Only one bid for this. I would say Sienna's going to get in with that. Maybe St. Peter's is the second team. You know, regular season standings-wise. They're the second team in running. But I have Sienna. Sienna's always been a team that continues to get in in the tournament year in and year out. I think they're probably going to take care of business in their conference tournament. Uh, you get the Mac. Sometimes they get two two bids, the Mac. But I think this year they only get one. I think Akron gets in. Keep an eye on Buffalo. Buffalo's a team that tends to, you know, rise to the occasion around this time of year. But I think Akron's probably been the more talented team all year long. So maybe I would probably say maybe Akron, maybe Bowling Green as well. Bowling Green's been pretty good this year as well. But keep it on Buffalo. They might steal a bid. Um, the MEAC toss-up. I'm not even really even going to go into the MEAC. They're probably one of the worst conferences. Um, they just, they're just a lot of those teams are they're playing mediocre basketball. None of them have 20 wins. I mean, none of the. I mean, absolutely none of the teams on in the conference have 20 wins. So we'll leave that up as a toss-up. I have no idea who's going to get in with that. Um, Missouri Valley, Bradley was able to steal a bid. Northern Iowa lost in the a first round, and that was a shocking loss because Northern Iowa has been impressive all year long. They have a, a win against a top 25 foe this year, so. I don't know. I think Northern Iowa is a potential giant killer, but they might not even get into the tournament. So they're clearly clearly in the bubble. And it, it all depends on what happens this week. They really don't have any control. It really all depends on what happens, what happens this week. I just don't think their conference is good enough for them to get the get that Get that at-large bid. But we'll see. Um, Mountain West. Utah State stole a bid. San Diego State gets in. It's a lock. They were undefeated for most of the year. They only lost two games this year. So you got you got you to gotta give San Diego State the benefit of the doubt. Utah State's one of the better teams. In the, one of the better mid-major teams in the country. And they just happen to play in the same conferences down. They kind of, kind of like the same situation with Gonzaga with St. Mary's all these years. Utah State's always been a great mid-major team year in and year out. And no wonder why they have one of the more talented teams. They're able to step up and beat one of the one of the top teams in the country in San Diego State. You know, so big win for Utah State. Still a big because it would have been guaranteed that they would have got in without that win. So. But San Diego State is guaranteed to get in no matter what. Um, Northeast Conference, um, like to mention a team that's been pretty impressive this year. They won the regular season outright. You got the Merrimack Warriors. This is their first Division I season, and they have already are in a position to, to get an NCAA tournament bid. Un- unbelievable, um, unbelievable job by them. Um, y'all know they're a local school. I haven't really talked about them that much. They're kind of on a small scale of things compared to all the other teams that I mentioned throughout the year. But I had to give them props. Um, they did beat uh, Big Ten foe Northwestern this year. 
They were able to upset them. Little little inside um, notes on them. They're led by a guard, Javaris Hayes. He's six feet, 195. And like I said, this is their first Division One season. So, like I said, they still have work to do. It's not a, it's not a given that they can win it. They still got to go through their conference tournament. But they, you know, they got the number one seed in their conference tournament. They was hoped that they'd take, take care of business, add a local team into the tournament. If you're not familiar with Merrimack Colleges, I think that is in the area of Andover, Andover, Massachusetts. So, congratulations to them. They're on their way to big things. Hopefully, they can get into the tournament. Um, or the next conference, got uh, Ohio Valley Conference. Belmont got in. Um, able to beat Murray State. Murray State's a bubble team for me. I think Murray State earns that right to be a bubble team. I think they, they, they could, they should possibly get in. But it's up in the air. It's all depending on what the committee thinks of them. But I think Murray State was talented all year long. Um, they're a team that tends to be always, you know, always a team that tends to be in a position to, to win their conference every year. And they deserve to get in. They deserve to get in. And normally I wouldn't give that to a smaller conference like them. But Murray State's been good. Obviously, they produced Ja Morant and... A lot of other talent in the past. Uh, Isaiah Cannon comes to mind, another guy that was from Murray State. So they they, they, they they can produce NBA talent. So, but Belmont obviously has a strong seat, a uh, strong team. They they played in the tournament last year. Um, and, and OBC got they both got tournament. Belmont got the tournament bid last year. So I mean that just tells you that. The the committee likes those two schools. They tend to lean towards those teams as maybe getting those at-large bids. So maybe, but it's going to be tough because it's well-rounded. I, I, if I had to list the number of teams that I wrote down, I think it was about 74, 76 teams. And there's only 68 spots. So eventually there's going to be 10 teams that are going to be looking out on the, on the outside looking in. And... and I mean, if I had to choose, I would say Murray State gets in. I think Murray State deserves to get that at-large bid. Um, Pac-12, for this, obviously, is a power six. I would prefer they get four in. I don't think they have the strongest year, but maybe five. I don't know. It depends on what happens this weekend um, in the Pac-12 tournament. But, I, I mean, obviously, Oregon's a lock. UCLA's a lock. USC was able to beat UCLA last weekend, so I think they deserve to be the third team in there. Um, Arizona State's up in the air. Colorado's up in the air. Arizona's up in the air. Stanford's up in the air. They could, like I said, they they get three. That's a lock. I think they should. I think they should get four, and I, I think their four teams should either be Arizona State or Colorado. Stanford. Some people say Stanford as well, but I think. I think Arizona State should get that fourth spot, and I think they should just keep it with four. Only Pac-12 had a really huge year this year, but I mean, some who knows the committee might give them five. 
They might give him maybe Colorado. They might give him maybe Stanford. Who knows? But I just that's my assessment of it. I just think you just go forward with the Pac-12. Patriot League just won Colgate, but BU is sniffing. Maybe they can get uh, steal a bid. They're sniffing at it. But Colgate is in the driver's seat to win that. SEC, I have five bids getting in, and they're they're locks. There's no controversy with them. Kentucky, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, and Florida, they're locks. Some people say Florida's a bubble, but I think they're a lock. I think they're a lock. Um, SoCon. Um, obviously, SoCon, I'm watching that game right now. East Tennessee State. Is clearly one of the better teams. They are approaching a 31 season, but they still got to take care of business in their conference. If they don't win their conference, I don't think they get in. SoCon just isn't a strong enough conference. Southland, same thing. Stephen up Austin, almost, I think they got 29, possibly 30 wins this year. Don't take care of business, they don't get in. But like I said, their conference is fairly weak, so they better take care of business if they want to get in. Um, Obviously, teams that are sniffing, Nickel State, Abilene Christian, SWAC. Um, like I said, a lot like the MIAC, a lot like the Southland, a very weak conference. Um, I'll probably say Prairie View, maybe Southern. Those are the top dogs in their conference. Summit. Uh, North Dakota State, one of the better Teams in the country, mid-major-wise, they got a few guys they get you can look out for that are good scorers. Um, South Dakota State is a team that could be a team that you can look out for that could steal a bit. Sunbelt, um, very weak conference. Arkansas Little Rock, South Alabama, Texas State, it's wide open, it's a toss-up. And then... The uh, West Coast Conference, Gonzaga, obviously a lock. They're a top five team this year. One of the better teams in the country. BYU is showing, making a case for a team to really be dangerous in the tournament. South St. Mary's, I think they should be in. People say they're a bubble. I think they should be in. I think when you play against Gonzaga and BYU and play competitive against those teams, you should get in. Are in the WAC, New Mexico State. Um, like it's no, it's no, it's no contest. It, New Mexico State blows it. They deserve to not be in. Their their conference is extremely, extremely weak. All right, so to wrap that up, but we're gonna take a break. We're gonna give you my bubble teams. Like I said, I told you this would be part three. I mean, we're heading an hour. I need. I need a break to break in between this, so we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to, I'm going to describe a few bubble teams that are on the bubble, but deserve to be in the tournament, I'm going to tell you why, plus we're going to get into some high school basketball, see what went, what went on the past week, and then obviously we'll wrap it up with the Celtics. Uh, you listen to the Rims and Nuts podcast. We'll be right back, guys. <laughs> 